What is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life, and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. Hey friends, welcome back. We are ready for another episode and this one is going to be all about the heart work or the hard work. Do you see what I did there? So I say that it is hard work and it's also hard work because it's true. A lot of times it's hard because we don't like feeling or being too emotional or revealing that we have feelings and emotions publicly. We want to be strong. We want to be put together. We want to be independent. We want to be living our best life. There's all these cultural contexts that make it not okay if your heart isn't right. But if you don't ever do your hard work and if you don't ever do that hard work, everything on the outside will eventually not prosper. It won't work. If your heart is not right, there is no way that you can lead well. None. None. And it, it says in the word, so in the, in the spirit of Spirit-Filled Real Talk, it says in the word that God doesn't look on outward appearances. He looks at the heart. Why do you think that is? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks and your words create worlds. They create your reality. So when you're speaking about your circumstances, when you're venting, when you're complaining, there's something on that. You are likely saying, you know what? I'm okay seeing more of this in my life. So if you're not, it does require hard work to get that stuff out of your heart, to renew your mind, to renew a right spirit in you, to renew a right heart in you, right? In a heart attitude. So we're gonna talk about some of that work because I have found from my own life experience that crisis can lead to confronting. Did you hear that? Crisis can lead to confronting. What do I mean by that? Often when we are so busy, it's easy to avoid not facing things that we know that we need to, okay? So the things that you wake up thinking about, giving you that nudge, but you just dive into your to-do list or those things that you think about when you're alone in your home or alone in your apartment or before you go to bed, those things that you and God know, but Maybe even some of those closest to you don't know because you don't reveal it, you don't share it. But you know because you can really feel that deeply. So crisis can often lead to confronting things in your life that you really weren't willing to confront because you were either too busy, it wasn't convenient, or there was some compelling reason for why it was not a priority or important to you now. But often crisis can break off all of that, <laughs> all of that exterior nonsense, really, and bring you to your knees. When you hear that, you know people have been doing some serious hard work when they're actually brought to their knees. So my hope would be, by the end of listening to this, that you would be inspired to make some tough decisions during this crisis that maybe you wouldn't otherwise make, but that you would emerge from this crisis making the decisions that you should have made maybe 
three months ago, six months ago, a year ago, several years ago, but you just avoided it. May this be the time that you actually face it. So I wanna talk about that. There is a beautiful quote, and as far as I know, it's anonymous, but it says, become the leader people would follow voluntarily, even if you had no title or position. Dude, like what? That is one healthy self-check. Let me read it again. Become the leader people would follow voluntarily. Did you hear that? Voluntarily, even if you had no title or position. So I remember reading when I was very much in an exploratory season, (laughs) there was a book by Robin Sharma called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. And there was also another book that he wrote with, uh, I believe it was just called The Leader Who Had No Title, but it's in alignment with this. Are you willing to lead even if you don't have a title or a position that says all of your job requirements? Are you willing to lead? Are you somebody that other people would follow? And a great way to assess this is, you know, does anybody follow you now? Are they proud to follow you? Are there things that they could ch- that you could change so that they would follow you voluntarily? I mean, hearty, hearty, hearty self-check right here. If the answer is no to that, that's where your work can be. Where do I need to grow? Where do I need to shift? Where do I need to pivot? Where do I need to lean in so that I can become the leader that I believe that I'm called to be, that I'm inspired to be, that I have the potential and God-given equipping to be? Where do I need to shift to do that? And that can become homework that you do with God because apart from God, you can't do this kind of work. Just an FYI. So I will give you an example. So there was a time in my life where, for the most part, (laughs) I had this pattern. I would really be researching, pursuing something new, and take some pretty significant risks. Moving across the country, uh, changing jobs, um, you know, different relationship challenges. I would definitely go out and do these things and fly solo while doing it, okay? So that required a lot of just boldness and courage and risk-taking. I feel like, though, at the time I was kind of running fearfully. I definitely wasn't full of faith. I was like, this is what I'm led to do, but I'm terrified. It's very much what I felt like. But there was this pattern of doing some research, being excited about it, going on these adventures and succeeding, whether that was a degree, whether that was a project, whether that was a business, whatever it was, I would do the thing and then I'd be like, that was it? That was it. Like, nothing else. Like it would just feel like there was so much of an investment. There was so much energy. There was so much taken out that I was expecting a greater return, but I wasn't focusing on the quality of what I was putting in. I also was not always taking inspired action. I was doing what I thought I should do or what I needed to do. And that's how, how many of you know that that's just because it's a good thing and maybe even society or culture would clap for you, right? That doesn't mean it's a God thing. (laughs) And unless the Lord builds the house, we don't like to hear this, but unless the Lord builds the house, it will not stand. So I don't care. It could be a really great idea, but if it's not a divine idea, you don't want to pursue it, okay? So I was doing, I was following a lot of great ideas, very visionary, 
very high achieving. So I could be successful, but to a point. And coming up empty was something that was getting super frustrating, right? It was just heavy. It was a burden that I couldn't carry. And the aha here is that God doesn't give you burdens like that, right? (laughs) So it wasn't a burden that I was supposed to be carrying. So how about that for wisdom? Now, I'm sharing this because it wasn't until a really significant breakup where my heart was completely shattered. I felt blindsided. I felt completely heartbroken. It was just devastating to me, you know, and I had been through relationships before, breakups before, but there was nothing like this one. And in hindsight, it was more about the work that God was doing at that time versus that specific relationship and that breakup, okay? But you have to have God's perspective (laughs) and wisdom to really see and perceive that. But I'm sharing that because it was that very breakup that literally led to my really being saved experience and letting God into my life because he wasn't in my life before. I didn't know that you could have a relationship with God. I didn't know any of that. I really had no clue. I was not raised um, around that. I didn't see that. I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't even have a Bible. (laughs) I had no idea. And so I share that because this is a good lead-in to how you could apply this to your own life. So in that very season, I lost a relationship. I lost a sense of purpose in what I was doing. I was fearful about my future. I was fearful about getting into any other kind of relationship or attracting something similar into my life. I was um, still struggling with some eating issues and just taking care of myself. I always put others before me, so I had no clue how to slow down and just take care of me. And there was a lot of things that I needed to slow down and face. And I knew that I needed to pursue a relationship with God and I could no longer use the excuse of not knowing how. (laughs) So it was an intense season. I had so many things to really look at and change. And it was a really, really tough time. But what the Lord did in that season was he gave me a word. And the word was just abide right? Abide in me. And I'm like, I have no clue what that means. Well, great. That's your homework. (laughs) Figure out what it means to abide in me. And then, you know, I was believing by faith that I would be given the strategy to approach these other things in my life, whether it was relational healing, whether it was work and what I was going to pursue there, whether it was where I could serve, what I could do to start doing this work that I'd put off for so long and how I could have community while doing that. There was a lot of things that were on my heart. So I just started making lists and figuring that out. So I share this only because when you think about the tough decisions that you usually need to make that you've been avoiding because you've been busy, because you're getting that income, because You know, you've been able to put other people's needs before your own. There comes a point where you can't run anymore and you just have to stop. You have to stop. In that specific season for me, literally a lot changed. I changed my entire friend circle. (laughs) I did not go out. It was just quiet time a majority of the time. I got comfortable just being alone and enjoying this silent season. I really started leaning into creativity and it's when I started writing before I published the books that I've published. It was just a very interesting time 
And it was one that I had avoided probably for at least 15 years before that. So just to give you guys some insight, it's it's usually something that could be relational. You maybe have been staying in a relationship that you know is not healthy, but you've allowed that to become comfortable. So you'd rather just stay because you know how to navigate that. And the unknown or even the fear of being alone is too scary for you to step into. You'd rather just settle. That's a tough decision. Or you're working in a place where you know that you can't ultimately fulfill what you're here on the earth to do, but the comfort of a steady paycheck and maybe a 401k and benefits is keeping you connected. And the safety of that, which is making your job an idol, is safer than leaving and trusting God with provision. Of course, God will give you wisdom in the strategy, but he's not going to give you the full picture a lot of the time. So he just usually leads one step at a time. But if he is your source, he will provide for all of your needs, right? That's a tough decision, though. Or it could be maybe you constantly, if you're an entrepreneur, maybe you're constantly chasing after people that aren't necessarily your market. And you keep getting rejected or ghosted or all these things because you're not clear on who you want to connect with and you need to stop chasing people. You're not here to chase or convince. You're here to stand powerfully in who you are and make an offer from that place based on what you're inspired to do and what you're called to do. And a very different person will interact with you when you do that. So think about it. What important decisions do you need to make in this time? For me, at that specific time that I referenced, I needed to check my connections. I needed to finally do the deep inner heart healing work that often came from wounds from childhood. Being abandoned, betrayed, you know, that came from finding out I was adopted or going through a divorce as a child and watching that happen or other relationship betrayals or fears that I've had that I never faced that I needed to release, right? And really start believing the truth. That was work that I never did. So it was time to finally do that, to slow down. And that was my fear. If I slow down, what am I going to miss? Well, the greater question would be, if you don't slow down, what's going to (laughs) happen? And I didn't like that answer. So I was willing to finally do the work. And honestly, because I was willing... I started to develop a relationship with God. I was delivered from a lot of eating issues that I had since college, which is crazy um, and something I never believed is possible. I formed community. I started leading a bunch of different groups. It was so, so powerful, and it was just because I was willing. So that's the key thing that I want to leave with you today. Remember that crisis can often lead to confronting. So if there has been something that has been nudging you in your spirit that you need to change, a tough decision that you need to make, my encouragement would be that you make it, that you don't put it off any longer, and that you trust that your willingness to change is enough and that God will provide the resources that you need in this time to get healing, to get healthy, to build community. He will provide the way. He will give you the strategies that you need. Okay, so heart healing. It's the hard work. But when your heart is right, often the outer world is right. Okay, so just wanted to leave you with that deep, hard heart message. But trust, friends, that God has got you and your heart is so important to him. 
All right, guys, until next time, talk with you soon. Hey again, so real quick, I forgot to tell you actually, if you haven't had a chance yet, be sure to go to julianapage.com. There are a couple of great resources for you. One, if you have no clue where to start in your relationship with God, but you're really feeling that nudge to explore what that even means, all of the God's Wives Matter books are available there. So there's a really great devotional, it's a download that God gave me in the very beginning about how to develop a relationship with God. Does God still speak? How do I discern his voice? What does this even mean? So that is a really great tool. There is a book about reclaiming your authority and also about how to really partner and co-labor with God because I had no clue how to let go of control and my ways of doing things and just trusting that God had a greater plan. It sounds crazy, but it was so much easier to self-navigate. So if you've had struggles or challenges in those areas, those books are great tools and resources. Also, if you want a results partner, there's a couple of really great offers on the site so that we can work together and explore what that looks like for you. But then if your budget is a little tighter in this season, I hear you. I've also developed a self-guided study with a lot of great tools. Honestly, I wish I would have had it earlier, but it really helps you do that hard work that we just talked about. So if you had no clue where to start, I just wanted to make sure that I did point you to that. It's julianapage.com. All right, guys, talk soon.